Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This one is sponsored by Audible, the world's top provider of downloadable audiobooks. And if you'd like to download a free audiobook of your choice as part of a 30-day trial with Audible, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke or click an Audible logo that you'll see on my website. Okay, good. Right then, so here's a new episode and here's the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is part two of an episode in which I'm talking about British accents that you hear in the Lord of the Rings films. And in part one of this, I went through... um, as much commentary as I could give you about accents um, and about um, the different associations that we have with the accents for each character uh, in these movies, all right? And so what we're going to do in this episode is actually listen to samples of speech from the film. Uh, the purpose of that is to um, sort of investigate and analyse the accents that you can hear And hopefully this is going to help you to be able to identify different accents in English and get a greater sense of familiarity with the different regional accents. So remember, we're talking about regional accents um, and then uh, received pronunciation and then high RP or heightened received pronunciation. And in a very basic way, regional accents for sort of, I guess, working class, a working class background, Um, then standard received pronunciation for a middle-class background, and then um, a sort of posh accent, a heightened RP for uh, upper-class background. Um, Now, that's very simple, almost maybe a bit too reductive. Uh, Let's just start listening to some characters, and we'll see what they sound like. We're going to start with The Hobbits. Um, So I'm now going to play you a recording of The Hobbits. I think we're going to start with Frodo. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I found a scene between Frodo and Sam, and this is from The Fellowship of the Ring. This is where Frodo decides that he's going to uh, go off on his own on a boat, and Sam chases after him to say, no, you can't do this on your own. I'm going to come with you. Okay, so let's have a little listen to that, and you're going to hear Sam's voice and Frodo's voice. So we're comparing the received pronunciation of Frodo uh, with the... Um, uh, with the uh, the sort of West Country accent of Sam. Now, bear in mind that uh, both of these characters are being played by American actors. Elijah Wood and, uh, what's his name, Sean Austin. They're both from the United States, and they're doing a pretty good job of copying the accents. Um, I mean, to my ears, I can tell sometimes that they're American, especially Sean Austin at, at certain moments. But, you know, generally speaking, it's a pretty good indication of these accents. So let's hear Frodo and Sam, and let's see if you can identify or at least notice the, the differences in the accents. Not alone! Frodo! 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 Mr. Frodo! No, Sam. Mr. Frodo! Right, now you can hear the West Country accent there. Mr. Frodo! Now I'd say Mr. Mister Frodo. And Mr. Frodo! Mr. You hear the R sound? Mr. Frodo! Frodo! Mr. Frodo, sir! Mr. Frodo! Mr. Frodo! Right, can you hear the difference? Go back, Sam! Go back, go back, Sam. There's that received pronunciation, that kind of English accent. Go back, Sam. I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course. I'm going to Mordor alone. Okay, I'm going to Mordor alone. Received pronunciation in a West Country accent. I'm going to Mordor alone. All right, I'm going to Mordor alone. 
and uh, that would be Sam and Frodo. I'm going to Mordor alone. Okay. Sam, I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. And I'm coming with you. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you, Master Frodo. Right, that's Sam. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. And Frodo would say, of course you are. And I'm coming with you. Okay. Of course you are. You hear the R sound. And the vowel sounds are a bit different as well, aren't they, Master Frodo? I'm coming with you, Master Frodo. Going to Mordor alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. You can't swim. You can't swim. Now, that's a good one. Can't. Okay. It's really uh, that received pronunciation English accent. Uh, You can't swim. You can't swim. Ah, can't. Now, Sam would say, you can't swim. You can't swim, Master Frodo. You can't. You can't. And I'm saying, you can't. Okay. You can't swim, Master Frodo. In America, it's similar to a West Country accent. It'd be like, uh, uh, you can't swim. You can't. Can't. You can't swim. You you can't swim, Master Frodo. You can't. You can't swim. And you can't. Ah. So, receive pronunciation. Ah. You can't. West Country accent. Ah. You can't. And America, it sounds a bit like West Country, to be honest. You you can't, can't. Okay, you can't, you can't swim, Master Frodo. You can't. You can't swim. You can't swim. Receive pronunciation. Sam. Right at this point, Sam is drowning. How do you drown in a West Country accent? I guess it's the same sound. You probably drown in it in the same way in every accent, right? Yeah. Okay, it doesn't. It makes no difference. Sam! All right. Okay, he's going to be okay. So at this point, Sam is now drowning uh, under the water. Oh, it's hilarious! It's a drowning scene. Uh, it's not that funny, really. That's weird. Okay, skip past that. Yes, and of course, you know, it's it's one of those movie cliches. This point where Sam is under the water and. Uh, there's this sad music as he he disappears under the water for ages. I mean, he's under the water for ages and ages and ages. I mean, in the real world, he would have been dead like ages ago. But he's under the water for ages and, and the whole audience is supposed to think, oh, right, that's it. He's dead then, is he? And then, of course, at the last minute, pff, Frodo's hand appears from nowhere and pulls him out of the water. It's another one of those movie cliches. Start speaking English again. Here we go. I made a promise, Mr. Frodo. I made a promise, Mr. Frodo. A promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. Don't you leave him. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise, Samwise Gamgee. Don't you leave him. And I don't mean to... I don't mean to. Oi, oi, not I, oi. I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Oh, Sam. Oh, my God, it's so sweet. (laughs) It brings a tear to the eye, it really does. Oh, Sam. Come on. Come on. Oh, it's such a sweet film. Oh, oh. I'm all right. Okay, so um, do you get the idea? So uh, you can't swim, Sam. You can't swim, Master Frodo. All right, then. So that's Frodo, who speaks with that received pronunciation uh, accent. I think what we're going to have now is some of the other hobbits. So let's see if I can find a clip of uh, Pippin, who uh, speaks with a Scottish accent. Here we go. Okay, I found a scene between Merry and Pippin, and this is from uh, this is a deleted scene from The Two Towers. And this is the moment where Merry and Pippin have got lost in the forest, 
and um, they they fell asleep in the forest. And um, I think that they were kind of rescued by Treebeard, which is this tree creature, this ancient tree creature. And Treebeard has basically looked after them and has um, given them a safe place to sleep. And he also fed them some of his um, special magic drink. I can't remember what it's called now. But um, he, he drank, they, they've drunk some of Treebeard's magic potion and uh, they're feeling really good and they had a really good night of sleep. And you're going to hear Pippin talking about the dream he had uh, last night. So imagine they've just woken up from a really beautiful deep sleep in the forest and Pippin had a great dream about finding some weed and smoking some weed apparently. You're going to hear Merry first saying, where is he? Hello? That's Mary. Treebeard? Where's he gone? I had the loveliest dream last night. Right, that's Pippin. I had the loveliest dream last night. I had the loveliest dream last night. There was this large barrel. There was this large barrel. So that's a Scottish accent you're hearing there, okay? I'm, I, have to be sh- I have to be precise. I'm not entirely sure where, which part of Scotland he comes from. I'm not very good at doing it either. I'm now looking on Wikipedia to see uh, where uh, where Pippin comes from. Um, and I'm searching for Pippin actor. All right. Um, so Pippin actor. His name's Billy Boyd. Not Tommy Boyd. Billy Boyd. All right. So where is Billy Boyd from? Let's have a look. Billy Boyd is a Scottish actor and singer. Um, yada, yada, yada. Where, is, where was he born? Born in Glasgow, Scotland. Okay. So he's from Glasgow. So that's a Glasgow accent that you're hearing in there from uh, Billy Boyd in the Lord of the Rings films. Okay, let's let's continue hearing Billy Boyd. I had a magical dream. Where's he gone? I had the loveliest dream last night. Last night? Now, Nate, you hear that? Not last night. Last night? There was this large barrel. There was this large barrel. Now the R sound is more noticeable there. Large barrel. There was this large barrel full of pipeweed. And we smoked all of it. And then... We smoked all of it. We smoked all of it. Not it, but it. We smoked all of it. Pipeweed. And we smoked all of it. And then... You were sick. You were sick. That's that's quite clear. You were sick. So you can hear the R in were there. Now, I with my English accent, my received pronunciation, I don't pronounce that R, so I would say you were sick. You were sick. But he goes, you were sick. Okay? You were sick. And it's not sick, but sick. You were sick. Okay, you were sick. And you were sick. I'd give anything for a whiff of old Toby. I'd give anything for a whiff of old Toby. So he's talking about some pipe tobacco. Did you hear that? Okay, so um, I think this means that Treebeard is about to arrive. So we're probably going to hear Treebeard's voice as well at this moment. Um, So we've heard a bit of Pippin's Scottish accent. Uh, Mary is here as well and Mary's from Stockport which is near Manchester so that's in England northwest of England so he's he's got a sort of a a, a fairly soft Manchester accent there it is again you can't really hear it that clearly it's not right here not right at all <clears throat> you just said something treeish. No, I- you just said something treeish. You can see, you can hear that he doesn't have a very strong Manchester accent. So it sounds, you know, not many regional inflections are noticeable there. You just said something tree-ish. He's saying that Pippin kind of burped and it sounded like, uh, it, sound, it sounded tree-ish. Because, you know, Pippin's been drinking this special magic potion, which is what the, the, the tree people uh, drink. So maybe Pippin is sort of becoming a little bit tree-ish. No, I didn't. I was just stretching. <laughs> No, I didn't. I was just stretching, he said. You're taller. You're taller. Who? 
You? Than what? Than me? I've always been taller than you. I've always been taller than you. You can hear the Scottish accent there, no? I've always been taller than you. You. I've always been taller than you. I've always been taller than you. Everyone knows. I'm the tall one. You're the short one. <laughs> now, the way Mary says one, now I say one like oh, and he says one. Everyone knows. Uh, I'm the tall one. Everyone knows. I'm the tall one. You're the short one. <laughs> Please, Mary. You're what? Three foot six? At the m- three, three, you hear that? You're what? Three foot six? Three, three. There's the R in three, pronounced with that sort of rhotic R sound. Uh, I say three, three, and Pippin says three, three. Please, Mary, you're what? Three foot six at the most? Whereas me, I'm pushing three seven. Three eight. (laughs) He keeps growing because he's been drinking the tree, special tree potion. Right, so now Mary is drinking the potion because it, you know, he wants to be taller too. And Pippin's going, don't drink it. Don't drink, drink. Hear that? Don't drink it. Mary! I would say, don't, don't drink it. And he's saying, don't drink it. No, Pippin said, Pippin said that you should never drink something. He said, it could move dangerous. Okay, okay. We need more dialogue. Where's the dialogue? Uh, okay, this is where Treebeard arrives. Safe. The trees have grown wild and dangerous. Ah, now Treebeard apparently has got a... The trees have grown wild and dangerous. He sounds a bit Scottish. Anger festers in their hearts. Black are their thoughts. Strong is their hate. Also, his kind of his sentence structure is a bit old-fashioned-y and you know uh what is he saying black are their hearts strong is their f- is their hate black, black are their thoughts black are their thoughts not their thoughts are black but black are their thoughts it seems that in hollywood if you want a character to have a sort of uh, mystical old world charm you have to mess with the sentence structure like here, black are their hearts, uh, strong is their hatred. And eventually you get Yoda, don't you? You know, black their hearts are. Just, if you want like real old world wisdom, you've got to mess with the sentence structure completely. Put the verb at the end. Black their hearts are, hate strong their hatred is. So Treebeard is in danger of becoming a stereotypical old wise uh, creature type character here. Oh, is their hate? They will harm you if they can. Oh, there are too few of us now. There are too few of us now. Sounding Scottish. Too few of us ain't left to manage them. Can't hear what you're saying, Treebeard. Why are there so few of you when you've lived so long? Why are there so few of you when you've lived so long? Are there any children? There have been no endings for a terrible long count of years. Difficult to hear what he's saying, but for me here, um, I think Treebeard, this Ent, is such an ancient creature that he's speaking with sort of traces of that kind of rhotic R. And I think, again, this is something that you hear in the really oldest characters in Lord of the Rings. They have this kind of uh, elvish accent. And I think this is probably the accent of the, you know, the oldest creatures. And, you know, you hear it in the High Elves when they talk of Sauron, you know, like uh, Elrond rolls his R's quite a lot. So erotic R's, basically. And I think that this is probably because Tolkien took that from from Celtic related languages like, like you know, Welsh and uh, from uh, Nordic languages like, for example, Icelandic uh, as well, which influenced him in his creation of uh, Elven or High Elven. Um, okay, we're, we're going to move on to 
hear uh, some of the other characters. So that was uh, who? That was we had Frodo and Sam. We had a bit of Merry and Pippin. Um, let's have some Boromir, shall we? Um, yeah, let's have a little bit of Boromir here. So I told you in the previous episode that Boromir um, is uh, played by Sean Bean, who's from Sheffield in Yorkshire. So Boromir speaks with a Yorkshire accent, and let's let me just find some samples of Boromir. Okay, I found a scene from um, the Fellowship of the Ring, and this is where the Fellowship of the Ring all have a big meeting about what the hell they're going to do with the ring. And um, this is kind of a famous scene because this is when Boromir utters that famous line, one does not simply walk into Mordor. You know, that scene, uh, which is now famous from the me- memes that you find all over the internet now. Uh, one one does not simply, you know, one does not simply record an episode of the podcast about Lord of the Rings and accents, which kind of means it's difficult to do that. All right, anyway, uh, you're, you're going to hear Elrond speaking here at the beginning. And Elrond is um, an extremely high-ranking elf. He's kind of like the king of the elves. And so Elrond speaks in this very sort of... It's very heightened RP, but with those elements of that elvish accent that Tolkien created, which is influenced by, as I said, things like Welsh and and uh, certain Nordic uh, languages too. All right, so let's have a listen to that. Only there can it be unmade. It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. So, uh, it must be taken deep into Mordor and thrown back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. So, not only is there this old-fashioned received pronunciation in there, there's also the the, the grammar of... of, uh, Elrond here, and that he's speaking in this old-fashioned register. It must be, uh, what is it, cast back into the fiery what? Be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. You mean we need to take it back to Mordor and throw it back into the volcano where it came from? It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. From whence it came, meaning from from where it came from, or where it came from. It must be thrown back into the fiery chasm. Chasm is like a big, uh, basically a big crack in the ground. Um, it must be thrown back into the deep, fiery chasm from whence it came, or where it came from. They're, obviously, they're talking about the ring here and how they're going to destroy the ring. One of you must do this. And uh, you see, no one is stepping forwards. <laughs> of course, like, we have to throw it into the uh, huge volcano in Mordor, and one of you's got to do it. <sighs> oh, uh, sorry, I've got a lot of emails to respond to. Um, you, know, um, you know, I've got a wedding to go to. I can't make it. I'm really sorry. Um, all right, but I think this is where Boromir then steps up and speaks because Boromir is brave and he's the sort of guy who, you know, wants to take action and he's he's a man of action. So he's like, no, we should just throw it, you know, we should just use it. Why don't we use it? And this is where you hear Boromir speaking with that. Uh, um, it's, it's a Sheffield accent. It's not really strong. It's kind of like received pronunciation, but with, uh, you know... Um, inflections of his Yorkshire Sheffield accent. That's Sean Bean's accent. Here we go. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Its black gates are guarded by more than just orcs. There is evil there that does not sleep. Actually, what we're hearing there is is Boromir speaking... I mean, that's received pronunciation. It really is. But every now and then you hear little hints of his Sheffield uh, accent. The great eye is ever watchful. It is a barren wasteland, riddled with fire and ash and dust. The very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. Not with 10,000 men could you do this. Not with 10,000 men could you do this. A little bit of his accent there. It is folly. Have you heard nothing, Lord Elrond? Oh, all right. 
That's the end of the video. That's where uh, Legolas stands up, and he's an elf, and so he's extremely posh. Uh, Have you heard nothing of what Lord Elrond has said? So in his uh, full-on posh accent. Um, I'm going to skip away from Lord of the Rings here and just try and find Sean Bean speaking uh, in his normal uh, voice. And this is a video entitled, Why I Always Die in Movies. Um, Let's hear... Throughout his extensive TV career, his characters are known to die. In fact... Right, that is the sound of um, Larry King, who's got this kind of, uh, he's got a Brooklyn accent, you know, he's like this old uh, TV presenter from American television, and he speaks with a Brooklyn voice. His characters are known to die. In fact, there is a website dedicated to your character's deaths called DontKillSeanBean.com. Have you seen it? Yes. (laughs) The website's front page reads, Sean Bean dies in everything. Which is a shame because he is awesome. This blog is dedicated to ending the untimely deaths of Sean's characters in television and film. Okay, wow. I mean, that's not a voice that you hear in Lord of the Rings, is it? Yeah, I come here to uh, throw the. I got this ring, okay? We got to throw the ring into the mountain and then bada bing, bada boom, that's the end of the movie. Um, I'm not sure that's Larry King, but that's a. Hey, that's a. In fact, that's a kind of an Italian American guy. Um, anyway, it's a sort of a Brooklyn accent, you know what I mean? All right. Help us save Sean Bean. Oh, oh good. I didn't know about that. Isn't that nice? Right, there you go. Oh, good. I didn't know about that. I didn't know. There's that Sheffield accent. It's lovely, isn't it? I didn't know about that. Promising, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever wonder why they kill you off? I, well, I guess I, I used to play, and I still do play, a lot of bad guys and villains. I used to play, and I still do play, a lot of bad guys and villains. Can you hear that? I would say I I used to play, and I still do play, a lot of bad guys and villains. I used to play, and I still do play, a lot of bad guys and villains. So not play, but play, play. You hear it? I used to play, and I still do play, a lot of bad guys and villains and psychopaths. So I... Guess that's one of the reasons that. Why do you think you get typecast that way? I think I, I, I played a few at the beginning of my career. And I, I, I played a few at the beginning of my career. At the beginning, guh, guh, guh. hear the g? I played a few at the beginning of my career, and I would say I played a few at the beginning of my career. At the beginning of the beginning of my career, I played a few at the beginning of my career. I played a few at the beginning of my career. Let's hear that again. I played a few at the beginning of my career, and I, 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 I was very good at them. And people, you know, really not hated me, but they hated me that much that I think the studios thought that we've got to kill him and make. People hated me. Hated. People hated me. Not hated, but hated. People hated me, and the, and the studios thought we've got to kill him. Kill him. Which I think the studios thought that we've got to kill him. Not hated me, but they hated me that much that I think the studios thought that we've got to kill him and make sure he really is dead. You know, <laughs> I did Patriot Games. And I, I played um, I did Patriot Games. That's the name of a film. I did Patriot Games, not Patriot Games. Patriot Games. That's how I'd say it. I did Patriot Games. It's a it's a movie with uh, uh, Harrison Ford in it, and I think uh, Sean Bean played a sort of a Irish terrorist in it. The, the, the bad, supposedly bad guy in that, and uh, and uh, I, I shot the end of that three times because of Harrison Ford. First, yeah, he, oh, yeah. he 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 drowned me, and then. I went back to England and I flew back the next weekend. He'd drown me again, but then he smashed something in my head. that said that didn't work. So then I flew back again and he killed me with a boat hook on a ship. <laughs> he killed me with a boat hook on a ship. A boat hook. That's a boat, a boat hook. You know, like a hook that you might use for fishing huge fish on a boat. Apparently in the movie, Harrison Ford kills him with a boat hook. A boat hook. He killed me with a boat hook. With a boat hook on a ship. <laughs> and, uh, and I think they were quite, they, they, you know, they were quite sure that I was dead. They were quite sure that I was dead then. 
All right, so that's Sean Bean. And I'd, I'd like to find some some more examples of Sean Bean speaking in Lord of the Rings. Um, Sean Bean accent, uh, Lord, Lord of Rings. That's not how he speaks. Uh, okay, I've found a scene where Boromir um, picks up the ring. So uh, Frodo has dropped the ring. You know, this is this powerful, evil ring that must be destroyed. Uh, and Frodo has dropped it uh, on the side of a mountain because he fell over. And uh, Boromir picks it up. Not directly. He doesn't touch the ring itself. He picks it up by the chain. And I think he gets seduced in this moment by the power, the evil power of the ring. The ring seduces him. And he sort of says a few words about, uh, about the ring. So let's, hear if we can, let's see if we can hear his accent here. It is a strange fate that we should suffer so much fear and doubt over so small a thing. It's a strange fate. Strange. Not strange, but strange. Give the ring to Frodo. Again, not much dialogue. That's not really helping out. Um, let me just see if I can find a better one. Hold on. You know, I've decided to uh, to leave Boromir at this point. Uh, we've had enough of Boromir now. Let's move on to uh, someone else, all right? Uh, and who should we have? Gandalf. Let's have a bit of Gandalf. I think he's probably my favourite character in, in the whole um, uh, story. Right, I found the scene which is where Gandalf goes to speak to Saruman the White. And uh, so Gandalf is this wizard and he's a good guy. You know, he's out, he's there trying to uh, protect Middle-earth and trying to prevent uh, uh, Sauron, this evil demigod, from taking over the world and everything like that. So he's, he's Gandalf is running around the place trying to fix everything. Um, and there are other wizards as well in this world. There's, there's basically three of them that we know of in, in the movie universe. There's Gandalf. Um, and then there's Saruman, who, is, um, who wears white and he's like the leader of the wizard's order. And there's another wizard called Radagast the Brown, who we don't really see very much of. Um, but um, anyway, Gandalf is going to visit Saruman, and it's um, and Saruman is his boss kind of thing. I mean, there's not it's, there's not a huge difference in their in their status, but Saruman is slightly higher in in status than than Gandalf is. Um, and um, Gandalf goes to visit him, and we learn as Gandalf learns that Saruman has kind of gone bad. He's sort of turned evil. He's been corrupted, seduced by the power of uh, of of uh, Sauron, who he's been sort of talking to using these special seeing stones, okay? So um, we're going to hear this conversation between these two wizards, and this is proper thespian, Shakespearean uh, received pronunciation. Um, so you're going to hear like full heightened RP here in this conversation. Here we go. So we see Gandalf running, uh, riding his horse uh, to towards uh, Is- uh, Isengard, where Saruman uh, lives, and we're going to hear a voiceover of Saruman uh, um, uh, talking while we see uh, Gandalf riding. Smoke rises from the mountain of doom. The hour grows late, and Gandalf the Grey rides to Isengard, seeking my counsel. For that is why you have come, is it not? My old friend, Saruman. Saruman. Hear that R? Saruman. Which is, again, that... It's it's high received pronunciation. You might hear people rolling their R's like that. Uh, um, But it's also because Saruman is a, a... uh, a word that was created by Tolkien, so it's sort of pronounced in that Tolkien elvish uh, accent. You are sure of this? Beyond any doubt. So the ring of power has been found. All these long years, it was in the Shire, under my very nose. And yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. Your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. Apparently Gandalf smokes a bit too much leaf 
according to Saruman. And uh, he's criticising Gandalf for not noticing that the ring had um, had moved uh, to a certain location. Right. But we still have time. Time enough to counter Sauron if we act quickly. Time? What time do you think we have? Sauron has regained much of his former strength. He cannot yet take physical form, but his spirit has lost none of its potency. Its spirit has lost none of its potency. That's really posh-sounding English. And, I I mean, I have to say, Christopher Lee, um, he died, what, last year, I think. Um, just uh, Just a fantastic actor with such amazing presence and that wonderful voice. Um, it's just a pleasure to listen to Christopher Lee. Concealed within his fortress, the Lord of Mordor sees all. His gaze pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and flesh. You know of what I speak, Gandalf. A great eye, lidless, breathed in flame. A great eye, lidless, wreathed in flame. So he's talking about uh, Sauron, uh, who in the stories is represented as like this eye, this all-seeing eye. It's it's really, you know, scary stuff. And this all-seeing eye, lidless, eyelids, you know, these are the bits of skin that go over your eye when you blink or when you close your eyes. Your eyelids go over. So this Sauron is, a, is an all-seeing eye. It's lidless. Uh, wreathed in flame, meaning that there is flame around it. There's like a crown of fire around uh, the eye. This is the really good stuff in Lord of the Rings, this is. The eye of Sauron. He is gathering all evil to him. Very soon he will have summoned an army great enough to launch an assault upon Middle-earth. You know this? Very soon. You hear that? Very. Not very. Very soon. Huh. I have seen it. But Palantir is a dangerous tool, Saruman. Why? Why should we fear to use it? They are not all accounted for. So they're now talking about the Palantir, which are these special stones that uh, um, used to be used uh, for people to, to, to be able to communicate with with each other over long distances it's like skype for the for lord of the rings it's like middle earth skype basically um imagine but imagine the middle earth skype in which the whole skype system has been hacked by uh sauron okay so gandalf is saying to saruman it's dangerous to use the palantir because uh, you know we don't know where they all are and when you look inside one we don't know who's looking at you so it's a bit like saying you know you should probably cover up your webcam uh saruman because uh, sauron might have uh, hacked your computer and he might be um influencing what you're doing which is kind of what happened really in the film and in the book of course the lost seeing stones we do not know who else may be watching. The hour is later than you think. Sauron's forces are already moving. The nine have left Minas Morgul. Okay, so he's saying that, you know, the hour is already late. Sauron's forces are already moving. The nine have left, have left uh, Minas Morgul, meaning that there are these nine riders, uh, the these... Uh, what are they called now the the uh, the ring wraiths um, who've been sent out? Okay, it's all getting a bit complicated. Uh, and if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan, you're probably thinking, "What? What do you mean the nine nine ring wraiths?" Um, read the books. I mean, God, they are fantastic. They really are. But a lot of the language is quite sort of complex, and it's a bit highfalutin. You know, it's this sort of old school, uh, high level, uh, old fashioned English. But it's it's cracking stuff. It really is. So anyway, there you just heard a bit of Gandalf and Saruman talking to each other. I, I'm going to play the rest of that because it's just one of my favourite scenes, and um, and I, it's just worth it because it's so well written and the actors are so great. Christopher Lee and um, Ian McKellen, they're just so great. So let's have a little listen to that. And I, they crossed the River Eisen on Midsummer's Eve. Disguised as riders in black. They've reached the shire. They will find the ring. And kill 
The one who carries it. Brother. They will find the ring and kill the one who carries it. Um, pretty a self-assured statement there. It's a statement of fact. Using will, of course, they will find the ring and kill the one who carries it. It's He's stating it as a fact. He's pretty confident, is uh, Saruman. He did not seriously think that a hobbit could contend with the will of Sauron. There are none who can. So we've learned that... Uh, uh, he's saying that you know you don't seriously think that a hobbit could contend with the will of Sauron. There are none who can, including you, Saruman. You can't contend with the will of Sauron either, can you? Because you've obviously been corrupted by him. Oh. Against the power of mortal, there can be no victory. We must join with him, Gandalf. We must join with him, Gandalf. It's a great performance. We must join with Sauron. It would be wise, my friend. Tell me, friend, when did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? When did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? Okay, that that's uh, high RP that you're hearing there. Um, you know, spoken through the, the character of Gandalf, who is a character that we love. He's just brilliant. Um, so all these attitudes about, you know, uh, snobbishness, about different accents and things, it's all subjective. And on an individual basis, you know, the way that you speak really shouldn't be something that you're judged for. Um, and uh, like... Uh, what I'm saying is that Gandalf speaks in this posh accent, but uh, obviously we love Gandalf. Now, there are people who speak with posh accents that we don't love as well. And there are stereotypes about posh people. Uh, you know, uh, there's a stigma attached to being posh to an extent, an extent. But in the case of Gandalf, obviously we think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and this is when Gandalf and, and Saruman have a bit of a fight now. There's a kind of a wizard... Uh, a bit of wizard kung fu which definitely didn't happen in the books but obviously in the movies you know you need like a bit of a fight sequence it's pretty well done with them sort of like uh throwing each other around the room um but it definitely didn't happen in, it, it definitely didn't happen in the books and i think uh saruman's going to say some pretty dark stuff here as well Oh no, they're just they're just throwing each other around. Yeah, I mean, one of the good things about the books is that all of these sorts of things are described, um, and there are no fight sequences between the wizards. Well, there, there are some moments where they engage in combat, but much of it is about the mental battle and the battle of words that they have with each other and, and stuff like that. It's 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 really great. Um, I think I'll probably just play a bit of Gimli. Now, because I told you about his accent before, um, and um, Gimli scene. I'm going to search for that. Let's have a listen. All right, so I found one where uh, Legolas and Gimli are talking to each other. And so Legolas and Gimli in the books are sort of rivals to an extent. Uh, uh, there's a bit of backstory there between the two of them that, uh, um, uh, like, uh, they, they used to hate each other, basically, because elves and dwarves used to be at war with each other. Uh, but now they're united in the Fellowship of the Ring in order to try and defeat Sauron. So uh, they've got like this friendly rivalry, which becomes like a really deep friendship later on in the story. And uh, in the film, uh, there's lots of time spent with them kind of comparing how many orcs they've killed. Um, and um, so here's a scene in which they're comparing the number of uh, orcs they killed in the, in the battle. Now, uh, Gimli's accent kind of go goes all over the place, to be honest. I think that really um, the, uh, the, the actor um, who plays Gimli is Welsh, but I think he probably uses a lot of individual interpretation, probably on a scene-by-scene -scene basis. The main thing, I think, is that the actor, I, I imagine the actor is trying to give Gimli a sort of a roughness and a sort of, um, uh, um, yeah, like a, a, a kind of rough 
roughness, but warmth. Hello, I'm just interrupting myself here because um, I, since recording this episode, I just uh, had a little uh, look on the internet about uh, um, articles about Gimli's accent. And uh, I noticed a few things. There, there, there seems to be a lot of disagreement about what his accent actually is. Um, some people are saying it's Scottish. Uh, for example, uh, the Wikipedia article about Gimli um, states that uh, the actor used a Scottish accent uh, in the performance. And then other people are writing in forums and things that uh, it's definitely not a Scottish accent. It's actually a Welsh accent. Um, so... In my personal opinion, it sounds kind of like sometimes a little bit Scottish, sometimes a bit Welsh. Now, maybe there are some uh, Welsh accents that at times sound a bit Scottish. Um, also, I think the actor is adding in certain sort of individual character in there, making the accent sound very rough and very sort of gruff and all that kind of thing. Now, one thing, um, if if he did choose to do uh, a Welsh accent, maybe he was thinking about... Um, in fact, I remember reading somewhere some time ago that the actor uh, Jonathan Rhys Davis, who is Welsh himself, decided that he would sort of add some Welsh uh, tones in there in order to evoke certain things about um, certain things that he associates between the Welsh and the and the the dwarves. And so, the dwarves in Lord of the Rings are known as being pretty sort of um, rough and tough people. And also, they uh, they are miners, meaning that they they dig underground and they 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 search for treasures, jewels, and other things under the ground. So they dig and create these incredible uh, palaces in mines and caves under the ground. So that's like the 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 dwarves work with the rock and work with the stone a lot. And so I think the actor thought about. Uh, Wales, because there are there's a, a history of mining in Wales, and there are these mining communities, and so we sort of associate this rough, strong Welsh accent with um, a kind of mining towns in in Wales, and so you know that's the, the association I think that was being made there. Uh, we'll hear in a second that uh, Gimli's accent sounds a bit Scottish. It sounds a bit Welsh. The point is, it's like rough, and you think of the mountains, you think of the rock and the stone, and the sorts of people who spent their lives working in that kind of environment. Um, and also, Gimli himself, as an individual, is kind of um, I don't know. He's kind of he's got a quick temper, and he's a bit angry at times, and uh, and so this his voice sounds a bit rough like this. You know, he he puts there's roughness into his voice. So that's, you know, literally a rough tone to sort of uh, represent, you know, how we understand this character. Okay, back to the podcast. Um, And so at times it sounds like a strong Scottish accent. Sometimes it sounds like a strong Welsh accent. Let's have a listen to it. So it's it's difficult to categorise. It's unique, really. Final count, 42. So that's Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom, and he speaks with received pronunciation because he's uh, like a high elf. 42. 42. 42 sounds really Scottish, actually. 42. Oh, that's not bad for a... That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad for a pointy-eared elvish princeling. (laughs) Now, pointy-eared, when he says that, it sounds Welsh. A pointy-eared... That's not bad for a pointy-eared elvish princeling. Pointy-eared elvish... Elvish... (laughs) Not Elvis. Elvis isn't involved in this. (laughs) A pointy-eared elvish princeling. Pointy-eared. Eared. That's quite Welsh. I'd say pointy-eared. Pointy-eared. Okay. Is this making any sense to you? I just know that you're probably confused because you really it's hard for me to just explain it and break it down. You need to be familiar with it from, you know, from just experience. That's how you really get to know the different accents you listen to, different accents again and again. But, you know, this, I hope, might be helping a bit. But anyway, uh, what's Gimli saying about uh, uh, that's not bad for a pointy eared elvish Elvish princeling. For a pointy-eared elvish princeling. <laughs> I myself am sitting pretty on 43. I myself are sitting pretty on 43. Really Scottish. I myself are sitting pretty. Sitting pretty on 43. Three. Three. 
Sitting pretty on 43. If you're sitting pretty, it means that you are in a good situation, basically. Oh, stop saying 43, Gimli. All right. (laughs) I myself am sitting pretty on 43. Forty-three. He was already dead. He was twitching. He was twitching? Because he's got my axe embedded in his nervous system! He's got my axe! He's got my axe embedded in his nervous system! So, pretty Scottish, I think. He's got my axe embedded in his nervous system! He's got my axe embedded in his nervous system. He's got my axe embedded in his nervous system! Okay, so um, yeah, Legolas is like, I got 42, and Gimli's going, I myself am sitting pretty on 43. And then uh, Legolas notices that uh, this orc is like still alive, um, or apparently twitching, and he shoots an arrow into the orc, and then he says, 43. And, uh, and Gimli, I think, says, he was already dead. And, he, and Legolas says, he was twitching. And he says, because he's got my axe embedded in his nervous system. Again, not a scene that happened in the original book, but they always do that in movies. They always add these new things in and it sort of spoils it a little bit. But uh, anyway. <laughs> I myself am sitting pretty on 43. Forty-three. He was already dead. He was twitching. He was twitching? Because he's got my axe embedded in his nervous system. He's got my axe. Not my axe, but my axe. And not embedded, but embedded. (laughs) Uh, All right, then. We're going to just hear uh, just one last uh, set of accents, and that's the orcs. Um, Okay. And so let's see if we can hear some of the orcs speaking, because... Um, most of them speak with this kind of Cockney accent, don't they? They're naughty Cockney geezers, all of them are. Um, let's hear some orcs. Okay, this is a scene from The Two Towers, um, which is when Merry and Pippin get captured by a group of orcs. And um, orcs are basically the bad guys, you know, like the foot soldiers of Sauron. And uh, so Merry and Pippin get captured by the orcs, and they're convinced that the orcs are going to kill them and eat them. And in fact, many of the orcs want to kill and eat them. But there's the leader of the this group of orcs has been told that uh, the orcs have that the hobbits have to be kept alive. Okay, so uh, the 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 order from from Sauron is that the orcs uh, Sauron or Saruman? I think it's Saruman actually. The order from Saruman is that the, the the hobbits have to be kept alive, but lots of the other orcs want to kill them and eat them. Uh, so you're going to hear the orcs arguing with each other. Okay, here we go. She's the good whisper. Talk to each other. Even move. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. I'm starving. Right, I'm starving, meaning I'm really hungry. And then, we ain't had m- nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Uh, we haven't had... So, we ain't had is like we haven't had. So, this is uh, sort of London, working class, London Cockney accent, all right? We haven't had, or we haven't had. In fact, not we haven't had, but we ain't. We ain't had. Now, ain't... You hear that in lots of different uh, accents. Uh, They say it in America as well, ain't. And ain't is basically like isn't, aren't, haven't, hasn't. All of those things can be just ain't like that. We ain't had nothing, which actually means we haven't had nothing, which actually means we haven't had anything because double negatives are often used by cockneys. We ain't had nothing. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread. Maggoty bread. Maggoty bread. A maggot. Do you know what a maggot is? You know a fly? When when flies land on meat, for example, and they lay their eggs in the meat, the, the eggs hatch and they become these horrible white 
little worm things, crawly worms, maggots, and they the maggots eat the decomposing flesh, and then eventually they turn into flies. Ugh, horrible, right? Imagine, like, uh, if you were so unlucky as to find a dead animal by the road, and you looked at it, and you might discover that there's maggots inside eating the animal. Ugh, oh, maggots, ugh! We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. We haven't had anything except we haven't had anything but maggoty bread, so bread with maggots in it, uh, for three stinking days, for three horrible days. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. This this particular orc, although he's Cockney, he he does actually pronounce the th sounds. Nothing. He does say, we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three. So he is doing the th. Because often Cockneys or people who speak with this strong London accent, they won't go three, they'll go free. So th sounds, th, get replaced by f or th sounds. But this one's not doing it. So we ain't had nothing... Or, we ain't had nothing uh, but maggoty bread for three stinking days. For three stinking days. All right, let's hear him one more time. I'm starving. Starving. You notice that he doesn't say starving with an ing, 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 like the sort of G sound, ing. Starving. He says starving. So the G is completely dropped off. I'm starving. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Why can't we have some meat? Why can't we? Why can't we have some meat? And that's another horrible orc. Why can't we have some meat? Why can't, I would say. Why can't we have some meat? Why can't, why can't we have some meat? Meat. Not meat. Why can't we have some meat? Thinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Meat. All right. He does actually say meat. Sometimes, sometimes you drop the tea, sometimes you don't. You know what I mean? Why can't we have some meat? But he sort of spits when he says t. And loads of spittle comes out of his mouth when he says it. It's disgusting. Bread for three. Why can't we have some meat? Three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Meat. And then he sees the hobbits. What about them? They're fresh. What about them? What about them? What about them? Meaning, what about them? What about them? They're fresh. What about them? They're fresh. They are not for eating. They are not for eating. So this guy, this uh, Uruk Hai orc, who's like the boss, the leader of this group, he doesn't speak with a full-on uh, Cockney accent. They are not for eating. So he's got a bit more of the received pronunciation going on here because he's kind of a high-status orc. Let's hear him again. We'll hear more from this guy in a moment, I suppose, when they have an argument. They're fresh. They are not for eating. What about their legs? What about their legs? What about their legs? This guy's a proper little cockney orc, isn't he? Proper naughty cockney orc, this one. What about their legs? What about their legs, then, eh? Can we have a little nibble on a leg? What about their legs? They don't need those. They don't need those. Oh, they look tasty. Oh, they look tasty, don't they? All right then. <laughs> the prisoners go to Saruman, alive and unspoiled. The prisoners go to Saruman, alive and unspoiled. So this guy's got a bit more, an accent that's a bit more like received pronunciation. You can hear it in the way that all of the sounds are sort of like, uh, kind of fully 
pronounced, uh, alive and unspoiled. So every consonant sound at the end of every word is like, you know, enunciated, um, which makes him sound like a theatrical actor. I'm a theatrically, I'm a Shakespearean theatrically trained actor. Uh, and that's why uh, I've got this high status position in this group of uh, horrible orcs. I'm, I personally disagree with the fact that I have to work with cockneys. Alive. Why alive? Do they give good sport? Do I give good sport? They have something. An elvish weapon. They have something. An elvish weapon. Master wants it for the war. Master. Master. Master wants it for the war. Not the master wants it for the war, but the master wants it for the war. So that's the kind of received pronunciation. I think we have the ring. Shh. As soon as they find out we don't, we're dead. Just a mouthful. Just a mouthful. A mouth, just a mouthful. Just a mouthful. A bit off the flank. <laughs> the flank is the side, right? Just a mouthful. A bit off the flank, meaning uh, just let's have a bit, a bit off the side. A bit off the flank. A bit, not a bit, but a bit. All right. Just a mouthful. A bit off the flank. <laughs> oh, that one lost his head. Looks like. Back on the menu, boys! Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys! And guess who they're going to eat? They're going to eat the body of the orc that uh, that the boss just killed. Oh, lovely. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys! Okay, then. All right, so that was a little sample of some of the, the orcs there at the end speaking with their... Speaking with Cockney accents like that. All right, then. Now, I'm feeling pretty hungry now. I'm I'm feeling right hungry. I'm starving me. I ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Not really true. I had normal bread for breakfast. Um, but it is my lunchtime now, and I think that's it for this episode. Um, I could keep going with this forever. Um, what you should, What you could do now is watch Lord of the Rings. And consider the things that I've said and just notice the difference in the way that the characters all speak. Um, You could sit down and watch the whole box set and enjoy it. Stick on the English subtitles when you're watching. Sometimes you could watch some bits with the English subtitles, watch some bits without um, and um, enjoy the fantastic story and all of the special effects. And while you're doing it, just notice the differences in English and what those differences sort of seem to represent about the different characters as well. Okay, um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I wonder what you think of this one. I understand it's been a little bit uh, chaotic, a little haphazard at times, um, but you know, I, I I just got the inspiration to do it today, and so I typed out some preparation and some bits and pieces. Um, I, I you know. To be honest, to to uh, prepare this one fully could, could have taken me days. And honestly, I think the result would have been pretty much the same. But um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thanks very much for listening, as ever. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say about uh, these couple of episodes that I've done. There's a lot more to say about accents, a lot more to explore. So I expect I'll be doing more of this kind of thing uh, in the future. Including, for example, I wanted to do one in which we go into more detail about what a posh person really sounds like. And uh, um, and I thought of this idea, right, which is uh, called posh or not posh. And this is where, um, first of all, I tell you what you need to know about, you know, uh, posh English and posh people and all the associations we have with them. And also um, then uh, going through a list of famous British people and asking you to try and identify if they're posh or not posh. And that would mean um, sort of telling you little bits from their Wikipedia biography and then maybe listening to a little bit of their speech 
and you have to try and guess if they're posh or not posh. I think that could be good. Um, so I might be doing that one uh, in an upcoming episode, along with lots of other stuff, you know, the usual things that you get from Luke's English Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. Speak to you again soon. But for now, it's just time for me to say goodbye. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.